Okay, my friends, welcome back. This is episode 45. I am so excited to have an amazing guest on today. I'm totally fangirling. Miss Jamie Magdick is an RDN, which is a registered dietitian nutritionist. Did I say that right? You said it right. Perfect. She is incredible. Friends, I follow her on Instagram and everything that she posts is just magic. Oh my gosh. I love it. She is incredible and provides nutritional counseling to people who struggle with disordered eating, chronic dieting, eating disorders, exercise addiction, body image issues. She is your go-to for just those deep-seated insecurity-driven issues that we all have. But if they really are just taking over for you, then I think Jamie is just a great resource for encouragement, inspiration, information. She is just awesome. So Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. That was extremely sweet of you. All of those kind words. That means a ton because I just love doing what I'm doing. So to hear that from someone, it's just, yeah, super awesome. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you for showing up in your your passion. I think that that's just inspirational. And I love seeing women step up into their calling and to do, you know, what their what their hearts are just beating for. It just is magical to watch. And I just feel like there's so much pressure on women to fit a certain size and to fit a certain role. And I just love that you are challenging that with what you're putting out as far as your blog and your Instagram posts. And I can't wait to just dive into all of this. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I feel super lucky to have kind of fallen into this position. It's kind of, you know, I didn't even, I didn't think I would end up here and my passion just kind of led me here, but I definitely did not do this on my own. It was on the shoulders of giants who have been doing this for a long time in which I found, you know, education and inspiration and, you know, the ability to do what I'm doing now. Which is a perfect segue. And I'm definitely curious, like what, what brought you to doing this kind of work? How did you end up here? Definitely. So we all have our history with our relationship with food, body, exercise, finding health, trying to understand what that is. So I have a long history with that, but my first career was as a teacher. So this is, I always had a passion to inspire and and coach and teach. And when I was teaching, I actually started thinking about, I had like a nutrition hobby, I would, I would call it, you know, on the side, um, that was just kind of a personal interest of mine and kind of has always been, even though it's morphed a lot. Mm -hmm. So when I was teaching, I was thinking about, you know, going for that instead and and trying to understand what that would look like, how I could help individuals with health and with nutrition. So I started kind of Googling what is, how do you work with people with nutrition? And I found out what a dietitian was. And so um, a dietitian is kind of the, the most advanced you can go with nutrition. There's like nutrition coaches and you can get some certificates, but when you become a registered dietitian, there's 1200 hours of um, internship and it's a six year program. Um, So I said, you know, if I'm going to go back and do this, I'm going to go back and do this. So I was teaching for those four years. I went to night and weekend 
classes and then went into my full-time program for two years when the internships were integrated. And on that journey, I, that's when my relationship with food relationship with my body, all of this stuff morphed because when I was thinking about who I wanted to help and what I wanted to do, to do, I was thinking about how I was trying to find the best way to help people. And that's when I realized what I thought would help people actually wasn't the right answer. And I was really just trying to find how to best serve my clientele and get them to this place of health and happiness. And my idea of that changed a lot, which is what led me to what I never thought I would work with. But now I can't see working with anything else, which is eating disorders and disordered eating. Wow. Oh my goodness. I didn't realize it was a six-year program. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty intense. Yes. Yes. I, and I'm kind of glad I didn't, you know, I feel like I would have done it either way, but oh man, the, the tears and sweat that went into that while, you know, trying to, you know, also pay the bills and have another, and have a career while going to school and a teaching career and having to, you know, lesson plan and all of that. Um, I'm, I'm almost glad that I just took it day by day and followed my passion because otherwise I would have been, a little panicky about what was to come. (laughs) I can't even believe that. That's amazing investment in Mm -hmm. yourself and your passion. And that must have taken so much courage to go for that. Like, did you have any doubts throughout that time? Oh, of course. And, you know, I mean, even as far as, you know, going back to school, there were many doubts, but also becoming an entrepreneur. So scary. It's so scary. (laughs) You know that you, you love something and you have something to provide and you, most of all, you believe in yourself because I I love this. I, I love this piece of advice I got from some mentors and it was, you know, everyone can be an entrepreneur or, or do this stuff, but it's those people who believe in themselves throughout all the hardships and the struggles and the failures. Those are the people who make it because they keep going. And that's the same with recovery. You just, you keep going despite the struggles you have, despite what you face, um, despite all those intrusive thoughts, you keep going and keep proving to yourself through those failures. And, and that's how I feel like people can get to this spot. Yeah. Oh, that just gave me so many goosebumps. Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah. Believing in yourself, right. And just practicing that self-acceptance and self-awareness is critical. Mm -hmm. It's foundational. Oh yeah. That, that self-awareness, you know, so with even what I do and what, what I, how I work with people is with eating disorders, the foundation is that self-awareness to become aware of, you know, how you treat yourself and how you talk to yourself. And if you're not aware of those things, it's, it's, you can't change them. It's harder to change. So those are two foundational things that, um, I I truly believe are, are key. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about that in the captivatingly confident community. We talk about Mm -hmm. awareness as the foundation for all change and also working from that awareness to get to the self-acceptance because that, you know, once you have that self-acceptance and you can practice appreciation and then valuing and investing in yourself. And then it's like, 
that's where the change happens. Yes. Is from that place of like self-love and respect versus the self-loathing and fear. Yeah. And I love that you said, so, I mean, first of all, you have to know where you want to go in order to get there. You have to, you know, have to become aware of where it is or what you want. Um, Mm -hmm. Because otherwise you, you know, what is guiding you, you don't know what is guiding you. You're kind of following all these different external things. Um, But if you don't internally know where you want to go, it's really hard to get there. So kind of having that in mind while also not making that, you know, enjoying the process and knowing that it is a process, but having that in mind. And, And part of that, like you you spoke about is practicing. Even if you, you you don't have it yet, or you don't, there's things that you want to change. It's, it's not about focusing on that. It's focusing on practicing it. So you can, you can start changing those things in your life. Exactly. Yeah. And along with that practice, right. comes that just like self-compassion, which kind of is, that has to be a huge part of what you teach and preach as well. Like what is, how do you even approach that with your clients? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is such a long journey for my clients. So when they are taking this day by day, I always remind them this isn't a black and white process. This isn't a right or wrong. It's a very mindful, self-compassionate practice. So when things are happening, it's about learning and then and then deciding what is the next step you want to take. But whether you feel like you have failed at something thing, you know, it's not about beating yourself up and getting in that cycle. It's about just being mindfully aware, like, okay, that happened. What does this mean? Where do I want to go from here? And in the process of doing that, showing a lot of self-compassion toward yourself, because again, if you're trying to make these, these changes for yourself, um, and again, for kind of what I do and just in, in finding, you know, for your audience, if you are going at it at a place from at a place where you are just talking negatively to yourself you're not going to get to where you want to go even though people think that beating themselves up and holding themselves accountable and okay here I'm going to do this I have to do this you know just creating all these rules that is that never works yes yeah the rules oh so what are some of the rules that you see your clients or women in in general making for themselves when it comes to trying to shift, like what rules? Well, I'll try, I'll try to be a little more general here. I work with people with eating disorders, but also disordered eating uh, people who are trying to learn how to be more confident with food in their bodies. So rules that I see is, well, I mean, they vary so with so much. So it really depends on where they're coming from and what kind of principles they've adopted from external sources of people telling them how to be healthy, how to live, how to eat. And when it comes from a place, an external place, rather than, you know, intuition or doing it from a place of self-compassion, things get really messy. Things get really start to feel really out of control and people are led further away from health, further away from finding that confidence. Mm-hmm. So rules, oh, I, there are tons, there are tons of rules I see. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the big ones that I think I see, and maybe you see these too, yeah. are labeling foods as either good or bad, mm-hmm. healthy or unhealthy. And 
how that can usurp your power so quickly when it comes to making choices about how you want to nourish yourself and how you want to treat yourself. Because if a food is off limits or something that needs to be restricted or moderated, that sets you up for just total powerlessness, which then makes you rely on willpower, which I'm super curious to hear your thoughts on willpower too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's one of the biggest ones that I see that gets people tripped up so quickly. Right. Yeah. It's, the, it's this cycle, like you, like you speak about this cycle of feeling like you can't trust your body. So then you know, not trusting your body and then not knowing what you need and then your body not responding appropriately and then blaming your body. And then again, so you don't trust your body and then it just goes in this cycle. Yeah. The rules are really, I, I don't, it's really crazy how they even exist because we're taking something so complicated, like someone's health, something so complicated and individualized and putting a general plan to it And that, I mean, trying to control these things we cannot control. And the, we already have these built-in mechanisms telling us, you know, what we should be doing, hunger signals, you know, your body naturally craves things at different times and and it's going to crave different amounts of food each day. And, and to just put this to, to make our body to think of it as like this robotic calculator is just crazy because there's so much going on in your body and there's it's health is so holistic. It's so different for everyone. So it's really about learning to tune into that and then understanding what you can control and what is helpful to control versus, you know, trying to control something that you don't have power over and which is just leading you into this miserable cycle. Yes. Exactly. Oh my gosh. You said it so beautifully. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us, okay. So tell us your thoughts about willpower. So when a woman says that she just doesn't have enough willpower or she can't seem to muster up enough motivation to just keep going, like, what are you, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I would ask where that, so where's the motivation coming from when you're talking about motivation? Like I said, if it's, if your motivation is coming from this place of, you know, manipulating, wanting to manipulate your body and wanting to change your body, then it's not going to come from a place of respect. And if it's not coming from a place of respect, you're labeling, you're making rules. And when you do that, what happens is you totally get out of tune with your body. You, you start to see foods and health in, in just a, in a false way, you know, you're starting when you take certain foods and you give them power, you charge them up by give, putting certain rules on them. Um, and again, yeah, you, t- you, you leave this place of intuition. So many people have, whether you, you know, are struggling with an eating disorder or you just have disordered eating, or you have tried so many different diets and now you don't know what the heck your body wants or how to eat anymore. It's even though we were born with this intuition, it is really easy to fall out of it because of the world we live in, but we all have this natural ability. Some it's just hard to get back there if you have come so far of, and you just no longer trust it. Yes. Yes. Body trust is huge. Yes. It's critical. And it's amazing, especially for the moms that are listening. You know that your kids have intuitive 
eating styles that they totally go with. And it's like, they'll stop when they're done. Yes. And that's incredible. We're going to learn a lot from our kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's how we should be eating. Definitely with gentle nutrition in there, but that is, that is what we should be doing. So talk about that a little bit. Talk about gentle nutrition and what that looks like. Yeah, definitely. So gentle nutrition is so the concept of intuitive eating. Um, this, that's the framework that I follow. So I help at every size intuitive eating approach and intuitive eating has 10 different principles and gentle nutrition is actually the 10th principle. It comes in after all of the other ones for a reason. Um, we can, if you want to link some notes on intuitive eating to kind of understand the 10 different principles, because mm-hmm. there's a lot to it. Um, yeah. It's actually very complicated. It's a very complicated process. It's a, it's a lot of like exploration, um, but at the end comes in gentle nutrition and that's putting in, in nutrition into, you know, your, your intuition, which is naturally something that just comes along, you know, when I start to, when I work with people and they follow the strict diet plan and now they feel out of control with food or then they, they might be binging. Um, first we have to address all of those issues and all those food fears and all their ideas behind food. But the reason gentle nutrition is at the end is because we have to address those other things first to make sure they're not lurking before we start to, you know, talk about nutrition, because we don't want to make nutrition a rule. We want it to come from a place of self-respect and self-compassion. And so people that I start working with, you know, they might really fear sugar. And once we address that and they see they can have sugar every day and it doesn't do what they think it does and all of that stuff, then they start to see once they allow themselves full permission of, you know, eating what they want. It's a very scary process in the beginning thinking like, Oh, I'm not going to be able to stop. I'm not going to be able to trust myself. But then once they realize, Oh, okay, I can have this every day. I don't necessarily want this every day. And now that my body knows it can have it whenever I want, whenever it wants, you know, now I I really crave just a, I really want a vegetable right now, or I really want this. And they find that balance but you can't find that balance from that place until you address those, those fears and those issues first. Yes. Oh, seriously, the goosebumps over here (laughs) because it's, it's so true. And it's just developing that body trust and trusting your intuition. And it's so heartbreaking to me and gets me a little bit emotional that women lose that over the course of their lives. They get disconnected with what their body needs and what their soul needs and how to use self-care and food to nourish that body, mind, soul relationship. Like it just is heartbreaking to me. It is. And it's extremely heartbreaking. I mean, I see it every day. I see people crying and just like, you know, a sense of just like losing control and not knowing what to do. And it's, it is heartbreaking. And it's unfortunately just the world we live in. And again, that's why self-compassion, this is not your fault. This is something you can take back control of and you can find freedom in again, but this is not your fault. It's just it's kind of what we're set up for, you know, and not, it's hard to find a, a person with a good relationship with food, but if you do, that's a great role model to kind of see, oh, you know, Hey, I can be there. I, I could definitely be there. Why is this person? This person's there. You know, there's, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hope. It's just, you guys show yourself a lot of self-compassion because it's a easy place to be in this world. 
Yeah. Well, I think too, surrounding yourself with people that are on that path or that are good role models, like you said, you know, finding people in the intuitive eating space who are practicing this and that are sharing their experiences. And that's what I love about things like Instagram is that you can see and get that support, you know, right in your feed by just surrounding yourself with that and really paying attention to and asking yourself almost like Marie Kondo style, like, is this sparking joy in me? Like, is this resonating with where I want to be and go? If it's, you know, 10 ways to eat clean or like, you know, six ways to get a better booty, like, is that really going to serve you long-term? Because like you said, you know, we're not playing the short game, you know, we're looking at long-term success here Mm -hmm. because anybody can diet off five or 10 pounds, Yes, but it's so much deeper than that. And I love the idea of embracing your body as it is in that kind of segues into health at every size. I don't think my listeners are going to be very well acquainted with this concept. So can you tell us a little bit about what that is and what it looks like? Yeah, definitely. It is, it's very, so it's, it's simple, but it's very complicated. It's very, it's a hard thing for people to understand because it's a, it's just not a concept people hear every day. So, and I guess, so health at every size, it's not healthy at every size. It means that someone at any size can be healthy and that you cannot look at someone and see if they are healthy or not. And this comes to from weight set point. So everyone has a, a weight set point and you, the weight set point, what you can probably come to understand from that is if you are a dieter, what weight you come back to between diets. Okay. Weight Mm -hmm. set point is where you fall when you are trusting your body and treating it with respect and where all foods fit and you're not obsessing over foods, but the the fact is that everyone has a weight set point and that's something really hard for people to understand because people are told on a daily basis that you can and should change your body. But, you know, again, where is that bringing you when you're thinking of long-term success, when you're thinking of everyday, just happiness and confidence, you know, where is that bringing you? What if you started to, you know, see what would happen if you treated your body with respect where it's at right now? What if you, you know, chose to love and accept it where it is right now? And there's just so many changes that happen along with that, with health at every size, with that paradigm, with the intuitive eating. I mean, this isn't something that is just, Hey, this is a a good idea. Hey, you know, that you might want to check out. This is, this is science behind this. Like as a dietitian, I, I like the science. I use the science. There is science that, that is very, very much shows tons of evidence to this and evidence also, not only that it's, you know, it's a true thing, but also that it improves people's health. These paradigms improve people's health and overall happiness. And I think that that's one of the big kind of red flags for people when they think of health at every size. It's like, well, if I'm overweight, right? whatever the heck that means, mm-hmm. but if I'm overweight, then I'm unhealthy. Right. And so how does that, sorry, I totally just cut you off. No, no, you didn't. No, no. So how does the science support, uh, you know, oh gosh, I'm like, where do we even start with this? This is a whole like another topic. (laughs) This could go on for hours. Well, again, it comes back to that intuition place. You know, people, 
do you feel unhealthy? Do you feel like, I mean, if you're struggling, if you're restricting and going to all of these, you know, places, this hardcore diets and exercise regimens and, you, you know, super stressed out about it, you know, is that, is that healthy? Do you think your body's supposed to be at this place where you have to do these things? You know, once, once you start showing yourself respect and, and the sh you don't stress so much and you're not, you know, out of control with food and you just, you find this place where you're, you know, coming at it from a place of self-love, you, you fall into healthier behaviors, you feel more in control and whether or not your weight changes, you know, you're going to fall into that set point and you're going to feel healthier. And I have a ton of research. If you, if you are interested in linking that, or we can link the health at every size website, but just to kind of explain, you know, cause saying it here, oh, you know, this is, this is true. This is, this might be hard for people to get. And I understand completely because I have been there. All health at every size practitioners have been there. All intuitive eating practitioners have been people promoting diets. Like this isn't, this is a hard concept to understand because it's not something that we see every day. So you really have to look inward to understand it as well and challenge these things and think, hmm, what do I believe to be true from my experiences? Practitioners look at a lot, you know, the reasons they come, the reason they come to this too is because of the people that they work with, you know, and, and seeing that this perfect eating plan or, you know, all of this, that they they were promoting is not helping their clients get any healthier or, or, you know, it's, they can't seem to keep the weight off, you know, and all of, and then it's sparked something in them like, Hey, maybe this isn't the way, maybe weight loss isn't the approach I should take. Maybe all foods do fit, maybe, you know, and start to question these things. Um, but yeah, to start to understand this stuff, like you kind of spoke about surrounding yourself, just, well, opening yourself up to this idea and then surrounding yourself with those people who promote this, who educate on this, that is wonderful to do that. That's how I started. You, you can't know what you don't know. So once you start listening to other people and, you know, there's this one quote I really like, and it's surround yourself with people who are with intelligent people who disagree with you to kind of start to see their side of things. And also not only that, but to look inward while you're on this journey and think, you know, what do I want? What do I believe? What has, what has my experiences shown me time and time again? Um, because we're so used to looking to other people for these answers with health and nutrition, but looking inward and choosing what you want to surround yourself with. Yes. Yeah. And I love the idea of asking yourself, you know, what do I want? Mm -hmm. I think I've, I've asked that question in my community a number of times and the responses that I get are heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, they range from like, I don't know what I want or like, well, I just, you know, my family, like I want my family to be this way or I want my friends to be this way. And it's, it's very sacrificial and it's not really like mm -hmm. getting to the root, like, no, but what do you as a woman, like, what do you want mm -hmm. as a person, as a being, as a participant in life on this planet? What do you want for yourself? Right. Yes, exactly. That's one of the first things I ask people, uh, you know, because even when you think of where, where you might be now, you know, if you are on this diet cycle or on this body, on this cycle of 
you know, distrusting your body or not liking your body, a lot of that is not what we want. It's what we think we should do because mm-hmm. what we're being told to do. But if you stop for a second and you say, wait, do I want to be on this diet or do I want to have this relationship with my body where I just am constantly being mean to it? Like, what do I want to, do I want all my thoughts to be taken up by this? You know, what do you want your thoughts to be taken up by? What do you want in your life? You know, that, that's an extremely important question to ask. Mm -hmm. And it gets to, where do you want to go? You know? Yeah. And I love that you said that too in the beginning about having kind of almost like a, a framework for, for your clients as far as saying, you know, where do you see yourself? Where do you want to see yourself? Like, can you even like imagine yeah. your life being different? Because for a lot of us, I think it's hard to imagine life being different than it is right now. Right. Especially if you're deep in that cycle, that shame cycle of just like trying a different diet, it didn't work, trying a different diet, it didn't work. And like Mm -hmm. searching for your, your confidence and your uh, self, self acceptance in a different size of your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even when you, so I love that question, what do you want and asking so for me, I, I'm a registered dietitian, okay, but you are the expert of, of your body. So these questions are super important in un, for me, uh, just working with people, understanding what you want, what is going through your mind about these ideas behind food, where you're at, like knowing all of this stuff so I can help you to get to where you want to go while helping you dig you out of where you're at at the same time by, you know, with guidance and the science and all of that stuff, because you are the expert of your own body, whether you feel like it or not, whether you have gotten away from that, but nobody and, and run far. If someone tells you that they know exactly how you should be eating, they, you know, they can help you lose weight. They can help you get to get to the size you want. Like, no, that is, that's not a thing. That's why I got here too. Cause I was thinking, how am I going to control that? You know, I can't control that. Is that healthy? What happens? And you know, all the science behind diets and they don't work. <laughs> None work. When people come and they say, Oh, it worked for me. I'm like, okay. Yeah. For how long? And they're like, well, he, you know, kept the weight off for six months. And then, well, then what happened? And like, just constantly that weight cycling too, is really, it's been proven to be really unhealthy for people. So again, it, it just comes down to helping people to learn that they are their own best nutritionist with my expert, but their expertise of, of knowing their body and what they want for their body and their life. Yeah. And I'd love to, on your website, how you talk about, you know, your client being the driver of the car and how critical they are in this role of, of healing and of, you know, reclaiming their power to live the life that they want to live. Because like you said, you know, if you find somebody that's like, I can help you do this and like, you know, just I'll tell you what to eat. I'll tell you how to move. I'll tell you how to be basically like, yes, run the other way because you ultimately it is, it is up to our clients. It is up to the people that we're trying to help. Like it's up to you to choose. Right. And it's like, you're just coming along as a guide 
to help facilitate that change. Right, exactly. Because it, it is hard to do that change. It, it's extremely hard work. It's very, once you, you know, even when you think about if someone is interested in intuitive eating, people come to me and, you know, they don't have, they don't struggle with an eating disorder, but they come to me and they're very scared to jump into intuitive eating because some of the, you know, the principles allowing yourself to have the foods that you want and all foods are on the table. You know, it's a very scary process to get back to that place of intuition because it's so foreign. It feels very out of control. So yeah. (laughs) It is. It's really challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, Excuse me. So I'm curious, there's a, I've read intuitive eating the book And there's an exercise in there that I use all the time with my community. And I'm wondering if you can kind of talk us through um, what this exercise, and I'm not sure you probably like, wait, what is she talking about? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if somebody has decided, okay, I want to start to challenge some of these beliefs that I have about good or bad foods, Mm -hmm. and they want to start somewhere, like where is a good place for them to start? So I would say not to, okay. So I like to take people on a slow journey with this because allowing yourself to have all of these foods that you always had off limits is, is very overwhelming. So I would say, you know, pick something, pick a food that you really want and just have some of that each day and decharge that food, you know? So if you are fear, if, if, ice cream is something that you really fear and you put a lot of power on, like, you know, it's, it's, if you put it labeled, it as bad and maybe it's something that you never have ever, or maybe it's something that you allow yourself to have. And when you have it, you just have the whole container of ice cream. Mm -hmm. Start a lot. It's scary process, but start (laughs) allowing yourself to have that every day, every day after dinner, you know, make yourself a bowl. And what you will come to find is that that ice cream slowly starts to lose its power. Um, and then it just becomes ice cream. So that's, that's one of the things you can, you can do on your own to start challenging those things. And again, if you are doing it on your own, one way to do it is to surround yourself with the community, because when you feel alone in this process or scared you have all of these messages, blog posts, podcasts, Instagram messages of people supporting you on your journey. So you can always go back to that when you get nervous Mm -hmm. (laughs) or support and advice. Yeah. And I love the example too. And I love going slow with this process, like you said, but the example that's in the book is of having that forbidden food. Mm -hmm. And so like, for me, it's donuts. Like that was my big hang up. So donuts were the thing. That was the forbidden food. So in the book, they talk about get that forbidden food and sit down with it. Super important, right? Sit down, have no distractions, just you and your food and take a bite and just see how it feels. See how it feels in your mouth. See the taste, like look at the sprinkles or, you know, whatever is on there, just savor it and then have another bite. And then have another bite and do the same thing, kind of rinse and repeat of just like staying present with it and seeing how your body responds to it, what's going on in your mind, you know, and just really letting yourself experience this food and appreciate it for what it is. And then, you know, as it starts to lose that luster and that excitement, 
decharge, I think you said, you know, then it's like, okay, well, this could be a good place to stop for now. And maybe you save it for the next day or you throw it away or you, you know, maybe you decide you want to finish the whole thing, but it's just like that awareness of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah mindful eating and and that that comes in play for sure down down the line in intuitive eating as well people start to see like i said you know a couple bites of something or the whole thing like there's no there's no good or bad to any of that but what people start to see is you know because they can have it the next day it might just not feel so good having as much as they would have that day, you know, because they start to, when they allow themselves to have it all the time, they have a couple bites of whatever they choose. And then it just doesn't taste as good anymore. And it might taste better in a couple hours. So, you know, going back to in a couple hours and having a couple more bites because knowing they'll enjoy it more at that time. But again, to get to that point, there's no rules involved. So you first need to, you know, have, give yourself absolute permission with this stuff yes yeah it doesn't have the power to this food and and donuts or ice cream we think it has all of these effects on us that it doesn't when it boils down to the nutrition it is you know the same components and it's funny because when you talk about your donuts everyone has a different food fear so why is it that donuts are your food fear and for someone else it's not and, and for them it's you know, X, Y, or Z food. It's because of the power you have over it. So it tells you something about these bad foods. You know, it's what you make the bad food to be. Yeah. Yeah. And how we learn that and where that comes from. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Coping with food is not a, again, there's no moral issue there. It's not a good or bad thing. But when, if we ask ourselves, do we always want to cope with food? The answer is probably no. Sometimes, sure, coping with food is great. That's a coping mechanism. But as the only coping mechanism, it's the same with exercise, people with exercise addiction, and that being their only coping mechanism, that's where we run into problems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for for clarifying that and for for giving us your... I was thinking of your listener. I was thinking, oh, I hope they don't think they have a sugar addiction, you know? Yeah. No, no. We definitely talk about that, about dependence. Um, Well, unfortunately, because we could just keep going forever, but we are at the end of our time together. So Jamie, where can my listeners find you on social media? Yeah, for sure. So I I even forget what my, (laughs) I know it's your happy, healthy, because that's my business name, but um, it's your happy, healthy RD. And then, so my website is yourhappyhealthy.com. And on there, um, as you were speaking about earlier, I have a few quizzes on there to, there's a quiz about your relationship with food and relationship with exercise. And you can go on there and answer those questions. And it will give you a a very, you know, it's not medical advice, but it will give you kind of a a nudge in a direction telling you, you know, how your relationship with, with food and exercise is, if that's something to explore, if it's something you expect sell it and you don't need any work in there, but those are some quizzes to kind of get you started. Cool. Perfect. Awesome. And then, so are you the happy, healthy RD on Facebook as well? On Facebook, I'm J- I think I'm Jamie RDN. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's something new that I just started is the, the Facebook, but I have a body image support group there too, that I just created, um, for people who, 
and it's very facilitated by people in the group, you know, just expressing their concerns and hearing other people's stories again. So people don't feel so alone. Um, so I have a body image support group that I, I believe is linked through Jamie RD on Facebook. Perfect. Great. Awesome. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for chatting with us and just shedding some light on, especially the health at every size. I love that concept. So I will definitely link in the show notes to the intuitive eating and health at every size for sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was great. This is always so much fun. Like I was telling you, I'm always a little nervous in the beginning, but it's always, I love chatting about this. I mean, I can talk about this all day long. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Well, thank you for showing up confidently in your passion. I love that. And again, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you.